listening to the best bits of the Breakfasters from 3 R. You are listening to the Breakfasters podcast for Monday 6th June to Friday the 10th of June. Uh, a few highlights this week. We had um, Sarah was away. That wasn't a highlight, but <laughs> nice she was one. away a couple of days. Uh, but highlights, we had um, Arnie Donna. Uh, came in to chat about their upcoming national tour new show and we talked about some traumatic school experiences. Yes, and Adam Elliott, the animator, came in to talk about a retrospective of his work that's happening and then we tried to come up with some names for some cat shows and a lot of listeners, listeners were very keen. So quite well. Hopefully Sarah will be back next week. You're listening to a podcast from Community Radio 3RRR in Melbourne, Australia. This Thursday at 6.45, Cinema Nova is hosting an Adam Elliott Shorts retrospective and live Q&A. We're very fortunate to be joined by the man himself, Adam Elliott. Welcome to Triple R. Good morning. You were saying off air that you don't like the term retrospective. How did this one come about? Well, you know, well, first of all, retrospective makes me sound like I've died. (laughs) (laughs) We uh, can confirm you. I'm very much still alive. All my career has ended. Um, So now I'm called, I like mid-career analysis. Uh, So no, well, actually, uh, a couple of years ago, I started having these, well, I started being invited to have retrospectives from film festivals overseas, and I kept thinking I was way too young but then I realised well if you add up all the shorts I've made you, you can fill a session and uh, and a lot of uh, younger people as yourselves yeah. may not have seen uh, Harvey Crumpet in my earlier films. Mate so. I'm not that no, no. Well, I was there. I watched, <laughs> the, we watched the Oscars. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, when I go and talk to uh, students, and uh, one little kid said, oh, I remember watching you at the o- Oscars. My mum let me stay up. I was four years old. <gasps> oh, oh, no. Like, <laughs> well, your very first work in this retrospective is Uncle, put together back in 1996. Mm. T- maybe take us back to what was happening in your life when you made that. Well, you know, it's only 20 years ago, 1996, but that uh, was made at the College of the Arts, who are actually having their big 50th birthday this year. And um, back then we shot on film. So Uncle was made on 16mm film, mono sound, mono, way before stereo. So it was a very... um, um, you know, those were the good old days where we shot things on, you know, we, I had this old Bolex camera with one little lens and an old wooden tripod and my plasticine and three lights. So it was a very analogue way of making films. And, of course, things have changed dramatically. But um, I, I made that film in about six months. Uh, I had no idea what I was making. I, it, was, it was made with instinct and intuition and then, you know, 20 years later, it's still travelling the world at film festivals. So I had no idea that what I was making at the beginning then was going to be, you know, I had no idea I'd be having a retrospective all these <laughs> years later. Yeah. Do you still like the film looking back on it? I don't like any of my films. Um, no, you're I, such an artist. Well, <laughs> you just see all the mistakes and you think, oh, I remember doing that scene, I had a hangover that day, and if I hadn't gone out drinking, it would have been better. Or, you know, so you have... I think, no, you learn from your mistakes. But, um, I, look, I try not to watch them too often. It's only at things like this where I get to sit there with an audience and think, oh, God, OK, is that what I was thinking back then? So <laughs> it's like going through an old photo album, I suppose. Yeah. Do, do you ever look back on some of the older works and catch kind of glimpses of stuff and think, gosh, you know, my younger self had a certain oh, certain sure. energy or a certain... 
No, I think sometimes, you know, the things you do in your early career are, are much better than what you do later on because you're you're not as self-conscious, you're not, you know, you're not trying to be something. You, you're just, it's very pure. And uh, and so I think, no, with each script that I write, I'm, I'm writing right at the moment, I'm writing a, a new feature and I'm, I'm still trying to write from, uh, you know, from that inner part of me and not try and think about it too much and, you know, psychoanalyse <laughs> everything. Obviously, you won the Academy Award in 2004 for Harvey Crumpet, which is featured on this program. Tell us what that was like and how much of a difference it made in your life. Were you immediately then pressured to go into Hollywood to... Because, I mean, that's generally the thing, isn't it? You win an Academy Award and then you go on to become part of the Hollywood machine. Sure. Well, look, um, first of all, we, 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 you know, a lot of people say, were you excited? And I said, well, actually, I feel like my producer, Melanie, and I had, had just been through a car accident and we were quite traumatised. <laughs> <laughs> it took us a while to sort of computate the whole thing. And, um, oh, look, for sure, all the doors in Hollywood open. And, we, you know, we call the Oscar the golden crowbar, so it certainly helps <laughs> open doors. But, look, uh, we quickly realised that the best thing was to come back to Australia. The reason we won was because we were the, the underdogs we were telling an Australian story and every time I go back to Hollywood I meet all these Americans who say how much they love Australian films so we quickly called ourselves uh, self-appointed storytellers for our culture which sounds very pretentious but uh, we did we came back and that's uh, that's why we made Mary and Max and that's why I continue to, uh, to stay here and keep telling my stories. Or is it is it also because you know you're, you're set up here and yeah. like you've got your own studio and, and stuff here and to pack all that up and go to the States. Oh, for sure. Look, I think too, uh, it's it's creative freedom and creative yeah. control and, get, and here I get to, you know, my characters, if they give a bad performance, I just screw them up in a ball and throw them <laughs> You know, so... Uh, <laughs> well, look, I think in animation we can create whatever worlds we want and, and uh, for me too, it's also working with Australian crews and, you know, employing all my my friends. That's, mm. that's a real buzz for me. Do you think there's still a love for this, the, for like the little animated, like this this kind of real kind of animation? Cause, because oh, all the Pixar yeah. stuff's become so insane now. Like it's almost like watching real fish when you watch mm. Nemo and stuff. But do you think there's still this love for these like... Oh, sure. I think stop motion's going through a bit of a renaissance. You know, when it, when yeah. I graduated in 96, I was told I was pursuing a dying art form. Really? <laughs> it would all be over for clay. Uh, but the opposite has happened. I mean, you, you know, you look at Aardman who make all the Wallace and Gromits yeah. and Tim Burton made Frank and Weenie a few years ago. And so there's plenty of stop motion happening. A wonderful film, Annalisa, that came out last year with yeah, the stop right. motion's first cunnilingus scene, which Ooh, is wow. Wow. a long time in the, in the <laughs> So, <laughs> uh, so many jokes, but moving on. Um, you made, as you said, you made a feature film in 2009 with Mary and Max, and you mentioned then that you're writing a script for another one, but you also then came back to shorts. I'm kind of interested in that because I'm mm. sure a lot of filmmakers would see shorts as a way into getting the yes. chance of making a feature, and once you get that chance, then you just abandon the... The, the form altogether, but you haven't. No, why, why look, I, I see shorts as an art form in their own right. They're not a stepping stone to making a feature, and I think in many ways a short is harder. It's it's you have to be very succinct. It's it's you have to know what to leave out so more than what you have to put in. And um, and I feel like after Mary Max was a big you know eight million dollar budget film and big name actors, I really wanted to get back to the basics, and I felt like I'd lost my passion a little bit. So. 
this new film, Ernie Biscuit, is a real sort of return to, um, you know, the puritanical part of me going back to basics. And uh, and I'll quickly give you the synopsis for Ernie. It's a, it's a... It's the story of a deaf Parisian taxidermist who falls in love with a blind Australian whittler. Oh, my God, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) So Ernie Biscuit is a short that you made in 2015 that's part of this retrospective. Yes, yes. What, what, and what's the feature that you're working on at the moment? Well, when I was at film school, I had this other pretentious idea of making a trilogy of trilogies. So uncle, cousin <laughs> and brother, before I die, mind you, because they take five years each, you know. So a trilogy of trilogies, uncle, cousin, brother. Harvey Crumpet's a trilogy of half hours. So it's Harvey Crumpet, Ernie Biscuit, Larry Donuts coming in a few years. And Mary Max is part one of a feature trilogy. So I've got two oh, more features wow. to go and then I can die. Actually, I was giving a talk to some little kids the other day. <laughs> and I was telling them that it takes five years for me to make a film and I said, any other questions? And this little boy put up his hand and he said, well, Mr Elliot, if it takes you five years to make a film, I've worked out you've only got four left. Oh, my God. <laughs> I said, well, I must be going. <laughs> Children, yes. Chase his little heart. <laughs> 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 right, as I said, the retrospective is on at Cinema Nova, uh, 6.45. Um, I haven't actually checked, but I assume you can still get tickets. Yes, online at the Nova. Online? And, uh, I'll, be, I'll be at the bar afterwards and yeah, before. Yeah, you will. <laughs> <laughs> and there'll be a live Q&A afterwards, so if anyone has any obnoxious little children they'd like to corral <laughs> to come along and ask some questions, <laughs> we've been talking to Adam Elliott. Thank you so much for joining us. You're listening to the best bits of The Breakfasters from 3RRR. We've been off air, we've just been reminiscing about our primary school days. Um, <clears throat> I had a... Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I had a bad cough. Yeah, bad cough. Uh, I had a teacher uh, who was one of my favourites. Um, <coughs> I'll get that out. Hmm. There it goes. Uh, who used to get um, quite bored in class, <laughs> so she just kind of throw her hands up and go, "Right, guys, I'm bored. Let's uh, <laughs> let's 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 do a talent show. Come on, who's got a talent? Oh, how awesome! That's like your dream when you're right. a kid. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> Guess who was always first person to put up their yeah. hand? <laughs> Me? I feel like it's, that's like from that, you know, that movie Bad Teacher, like with a, you know, hungover teacher says, okay, I'm bored today, let's make the kids. Yeah, it sounds like, yeah. it sounds, that's probably the case, uh, quite possibly. But also she'd do things like, um, you know, she'd, she got masking tape out and at the front of the class, I just went, all right, push your chairs and tables back and just made a big um, handball court, you know, or, oh, or yeah. downball or four square oh. as people. It's, I yeah, call yeah, it a handball. Yeah, yeah. So I just had – and just had us all line up and we had like a handball tournament during class. Awesome inside. Yeah, it was the best. Um, but these talent shows, though, she goes, right, I'm bored, let's do a talent show. Who's got a talent? And I'd stick up my hand and then she'd just look at me and go – and just roll her eyes and she'd go, <laughs> Geraldine, are you going to sing the like emotion again? And I'd go, yes. <laughs> and then she'd just pull out the tape recorder and, I, you know, for some reason we had it on tape in the class. That is so, so strange but awesome. play and I'd just stand in front. I can't sing at all. I can't sing or dance or do any of that. That I just stand in front of the class just singing because I knew all the words. <laughs> so Why did just, the kids get into it? No, not really. 
<laughs> and Nathan did she. She'd just be like, yeah, it's just like going, some oh. sad, like, Australian black comedy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how I remember uh, it anyway. Just me standing there going, come on, baby, do the look. Come on. And her just rolling her eyes and just going, come on. <laughs> just saying to right. herself, give me another drink somewhere. Yeah, yeah. who's got another talent? Who's got a talent? I was so into music when I was, when I was in primary school. There was another time where... Um, my two of my mates, we wrote our own pun- parody song for. Do you remember 1927? No, the oh, band. Yeah, yeah. Probably, you don't remember them. Oh. They were very pop. Like there was a song called um, "I'd Do Anything for You." If I, if I could, anyway, we changed the words to "If I could eat, I'd eat anything for you." Ah. Oh. If I could eat, I'd eat a Big Mac for you, Regency of lettuce and some mayonnaise too. Uh, <laughs> I can see how your teacher would have loved that as well. This is a different teacher. A different he teacher. did love it. He loved it so much that he made us sing it in the class next door. Like Aww. he sent us next door and he said, you get in front of that person's class and, and we had Do to sing Do you think that it. he was just like taking the piss? Like, just oh, trolling just get, the get, other get, other get out of our classroom. I don't know. I had some great teachers and some terrible teachers. I had my prime, my, my prep teacher loved me and she was a very quiet voice and she used to make me stand on the chair because I had such a loud voice to, to get the class's attention. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So from a very young age, I felt like I was very like, had to command everyone's attention. So she was pretty it's cool. Like the How sentinels. would you do it? She'd be like, I'd just go, she'd go, Sarah, can you please stand on the chair and say, class, can you listen to Mrs. whatever her name was? And I'd go, class, listen to Mrs. <laughs> and my dad used to call me Falkhorn, so I felt like I was like <laughs> using my talents very well. Oh, I like your dad so much. <laughs> um, Falkhorn. Falkhorn. And, but in year six, I had this teacher who would work you very, very hard, but I don't think she liked me very much. Like I still to this day think that she thought, because I was a bit of a shit, so I'd play up, but I was quite good at my work. Mm. But every time I do something good, like I do well in an assignment, she'd go, okay, Sarah, you get up in front of class and you read that to the class. And I'd be oh, like, oh, so you show everybody. You out. show everyone how good you are. But like, she'd, so she'd praise you. But then I'd start like reading out the assignment. Everyone else in class would be like, so like you know, like no so one she wanted was, to. She was turning them against you. It was like throwing me to the dogs. Oh. Like yes, it was really strange. God, but that's cunning. Though. It was very cunning. But I don't know if it's all in my head or whether that was actually. But as a child, that's what it felt like. Like she'd go, "Oh, you've done well. <laughs> Up you get and read that to the class." And then the class would be throwing. Oh, she was, probably, she was well. probably hungover as well, and just thinking this will fill in numbers. I mean, like, all your teachers hungover. <laughs> right, I don't know. Jeff's just I'm always hungover. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny you should say that. You know, you you, you were very interested in music. Because I feel like my musical career was snuffed out when I was in primary school. That I could have been, you know, a genius. Uh, yeah, that's right. I could have been some kind of rock star or something. Because we were all we um, in my school. The the recorder yes. was a really oh, big God, thing. Same. What's I the recorder? Does anyone like does anyone like the recorder? No. I mean, does anyone sit down and think I'd love to hear some recorder? My mum used to say, "Don't you dare play that at home." <laughs> 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 it just makes. <laughs> it takes the worst sound. Oh, it's so bad. <laughs> and there is no music that sounds good played on the recorder, but particularly like when there's like 20 kids all playing together. So yes. everyone's slightly mm. out of tune <laughs> and slightly out of time. And, uh, yeah, I, I can remember being called up in front of the class to play some horrible... Hot cross buns? Yeah, something <laughs> like that on the record. This horrible squeaking, you oh, know, no. shrill sound. The, you know, that's it. Music and me, we're not going to get, get along. Did you get teased? Um, well, I think everyone everyone had to play this terrible recorder and nobody wanted to do it. But um, 
Yeah, it was just calculated to sort of snuff out. You know. Do you think it was though, Jeff? Because no, I, feel no. like, I feel yeah. like lots of children went on from playing the recorder and yeah. other instruments. I certainly did. Don't, oh, don't take, take that away from me, Sarah. I could have been something else. No, I reckon if you wanted it, you would have made it happen. You are listening to a podcast from Community Radio 3 Triple R FM in Melbourne, Australia. Auntie Donna have a new show entitled New Show, which is happening at the Athenaeum Theatre on Saturday, July 2nd. Two-thirds of Auntie Donna, Broden Kelly and Zach Ruin are joining us now in the studio. Welcome to Triple R. It's an absolute Hello. pleasure to be here. It's funny the show's called New Show because this will be maybe the 60th time we've done it now. <laughs> it was a great idea four or five months ago. Now it's um, now it's getting very confusing for us. When did you, start, did you first do it at, at Melbourne Comedy Festival? Adelaide Fringe. Oh, but right. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Mm. Yeah, Melbourne, yeah. The, uh, yeah. It was a brand new show and we were happy young people. We had a <laughs> spring in our step, not like the old withered men you see before you now. I remember, I remember stepping off the first time we performed it going, you know, I don't think I can get sick of this show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think... I think this is the one. That's a way to sell an upcoming show. Isn't it? Like, we're sick of it. The first time. We're done. We're done with each other. We're done with the world. People who know your stuff from um, the you know clips on YouTube or, or the Comedy Channel or whatever, how how does a live show um, compare to the to those clips? Do you do the same skits or is it a different thing or? We, we pretty much, we come from a background of doing live shows and we went to, we're drama school Shakespearean trained actors. Mm. Uh, very hoity-toity. <laughs> yes, well, uh, pretty good, <laughs> Jeff. Uh, yeah, so that's our background, I guess. We've, we've always come from doing live shows and, and, and uh, the, everything on screen came secondary. So uh, though, though most people know us for our YouTube or ABC or Comedy Central stuff, uh, yeah, we, we've been doing, we spend probably 80% of our time together working on live shows and, and trying to make a really fun hour. And uh, yeah, we're pretty. We think this show's like the best one we've done in the five years we've been together. And it's uh, yeah, it's a lot. Of, we, this one's the most fun we have doing a show as well. The, the, the sketches, sorry, the sketches you do on the live show. Is there a crossover? It, it. What we tend to do is we develop it in the live show and then we film it. So there's one sketch. If you've seen our stuff online, there's mm. one sketch in this show that's currently online, but maybe in a year. We usually so this could be like yeah. a sneak peek. Mm-hmm. It's a, that's what you're getting. It's a, um, <laughs> a sneak peek. Yeah, we usually recycle as well, so all these all these sketches next year will be on screen and everyone will be like, oh, wow, how do you find the time? It's just we just reuse. <laughs> We're just reusing. Yeah. You guys are all from Ballarat, is that? Yes, yeah. We all studied at the uh, Ballarat Arts Academy. Mm. Now um, uh, Federation University. Federation, or oh, FU, or they prefer sure. Fed Uni. <laughs> Strangely enough. If you call them up, the, the first thing on the on the phone line is like, welcome to Federation University, or as we like to abbreviate it, Fed Uni. <laughs> Just make that very clear from the outset. Yeah. Is, is there much of a comedy scene in Ballarat? Huge. <laughs> no. Oh, I thought you said I thought you said chips, cheese and gravy scene. Yes. Um, no, the answer's no. Uh, we uh you, I mean, there's a lot of comedians if you're driving down the main street who yell stuff out of you. But, uh, no, it's more of a very cold place. There's um, a good little art scene. There's a good, like, little um, sort of amateur theatre art scene, but but comedy sort of came later for us. Coming yeah, to because the big you, smoke. 
I f- first met you. Um, but oh, here we go. Was it? <laughs> oh wow! Well. Is go. it really five years ago? When did you first do comedy festival? Five years. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Five years ago, and we had uh, one of the uh, the artistic director from the comedy festival said, "Geraldine, you're in a venue, and you're in the same venue. There's this new sketch group from Ballarat. <laughs> These young boys. Can you please look after them? They're called Arnie Don. I'm like, all right, I'll keep an eye out for them. Don't you worry about it. And then, so we shared the same dressing room we're in the same venue it was a a 50 seater mm. uh and <laughs> you would do these late night shows i would sell out every <laughs> every night i go well oh, i think these young boys from ballarat are <laughs> fine because they said the same thing to us they said there's this girl <laughs> can you look after her you need to just make sure she's all right <laughs> and now you're going on a national tour in, in venues that are so big <laughs> and I've just continued on. I'm like, I've gone from a 50-seater to a 90-seater in Comedy Festival, but, you know, I just, I'm just saying that I, I guess I looked after you well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That room I remember was a 50-seater except for the week when it became a 40-seater because we lost the back row when the roof started to leak. So no oh. one... <laughs> so... So every, no one could sit in the back row because you'd get wet. Um, but apart from that, it was a 50-seater, yeah. Hopefully the Athenaeum won't be leaking. It seems well, like. you never know. <laughs> it's just like, guys, 200 seats of the air are out tonight because there's a leak. But also we're going to have to take out 100 seats to put in a projector. That's yeah, yeah that was, we had to take out one seat to put a little projector in so we could do a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> For our show. Yeah. You were talking before about um, people might know you from um, the ABC. You did a piloted a TV show for ABC last year. What's happening with that now? Uh, well, well, yeah. It's dead. It was part of an awesome series that ABC did where they made uh, five pilots. Well, they gave five young groups the opportunity to make a pilot for a TV series. And so that was our first chance to ever have a real foray into, you know, the tradition of screen. And uh, we had an awesome time doing it. And I think that's opened up a lot of platforms for us and I think yeah the, the ability the, the chance to have our name associated with ABC was a huge step up for us and uh, so now we're yeah we're at the point now where we're working on a hundred different things and, and well, one of which is not the series it was actually that was also the first time we ever did a narrative thing because we're, we're a sketch group in the in the vein of Monty Python where you do little vignettes of ideas that was the first time we did a 25 minute thought through idea and that was a huge challenge for us and we really yeah. love that I think we're looking to do that a bit more in the future where we can't say yet but yeah some cool stuff on the horizon I think because I was going to ask you about that. I mean, I saw you've got a zillion subscribers to your YouTube. That's yeah, right, that's, a zillion. That's the number. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. So a zillion and seven, actually. Does that, I mean, when you have something like that, do you actually need anyone else to support you or can you just um, do stuff straight for YouTube and just reach people directly? I mean, prob- is it opening up? Is the technology kind of opening you stuff up? You like- probably don't need TV anymore. Like, that, mm. that's probably a very outdated idea, but I think anyone over a certain age has that romantic notion. You know, we grew up watching ABC comedy. We grew mm. up watching these sort of half-hour sitcoms. So, and I think there's there's room to play. There's things you can do in a half-hour that you can't do in a five-minute YouTube video. So I think there's just... it's. I think our dream is to do both, is to keep yeah. doing YouTube yeah, and play well, around. Like, isn't it nice to have, you know, a team behind you? Like, if, you know, you're on TV and you've got producers and you've got, you oh, know... totally, yeah. ..a whole, you know, setup. whereas, you know, on YouTube, you're just kind of doing it on your own. But do you do a lot of stuff out of... 
dirty, stupid old studios. Yes. Dirty old studios. Dirty old studios. <laughs> dirty old yeah, yeah. Studios. We spend a lot of time there now. It's a dark building. It's a factory full of comedians. When I describe it to my family members, I describe it as um, like a like a barrister's chambers in the way that you just have lots of barristers having their own offices, but it's, you know, not one office. But it's like that, but... Um, down about 84 levels <laughs> um, where it's just comedians in a dark, dank, cold space writing jokes. But they are, there's so much content being created in that space and it's, yeah. it's amazing. Like This is the place where Sammy J will be filming his political playground. Mm. We'll be live, from, well not live, but we filmed from that space as well. So it's such a great thing to have in in Melbourne now, yes. do you reckon that's made a big difference to? Oh, it's yeah. huge for us. It's uh, it's got uh, we we shot our Comedy Central series there as well, which we just did. It's uh, we can write there, we can do everything from there, we can do podcasts from there. We can it's it's the best. The boys are running the it's best. It's awesome to you know to go on break and step out and see other comedians and talk to other comedians and sort of have a taste, so sort of get a feel of what you're doing within the context of the scene rather mm. than just going and getting some honey chicken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the, the show is called New Show. It's on the FNAM Theatre July 2nd. You can get tickets at Ticketek. We've been talking to Broden Kelly and Zach Gruen from Auntie Donna. Thanks so much for coming in. Thank My pleasure. You. Thanks for having us, guys. Love you. You're listening to a podcast from Community Radio 3 R in Melbourne, Australia. You had a story about there's a reality show about cats um, that are getting rid of all the rats. In Chicago. In Chicago. There's a rat problem there. There's a brewery that set up a, a thing. A, what, what would you call it? A house. A house for cats. Oh, I was going to so call it a task force. In. <laughs> 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 uh, so, the, so the cats come in. Anyway, they set up a reality TV show based on these cats, but we decided that it was a pretty boring name because they called it The Treehouse. Yeah. Welcome to The Treehouse. What's The Treehouse about? It's about cats in a brewery keeping away the rats. Well, you have failed <laughs> in coming up with a great title. Someone that dis- yeah, someone that does come up with a great title. Um, uh, Dr. Cromo, uh, who listeners would know from Einstein and Gogo, um, <laughs> tweeted in and said, a cat reality show, good name for that, is Cats 22. So good. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> good. Uh, so let's put the call out if you can come up with a decent title for a reality show about cats, please give us a call now because we'll answer the phone. But in the meantime, there's a story um, of a woman who has been trolling (laughs) Telstra uh, after she's been disconnected for two weeks. So she's been trolling them by sending them cat pictures, Um, like just pictures of her and a cat. Um, Like, for example, uh, there's... Oh, we've got a call. We've got a call, do we? Yeah, we've got a call. Are they there? Can we put them on? Can we just put them straight on air? Okay, we'll put you on air. We'll put them straight on air. Anything could happen. Live radio. You are on live radio. Who are we speaking with? Scott. Scott. Hello, Scott. Do you have a a sweet title for a a cat reality show? Just two quick ones. Yeah, great. No, two. Malted Moggies. Yes. Uh, In the brewery. So malted, yes. Oh, yes. Very good. Well done. What else? and fermented feline. Oh, yes. <laughs> I like your links to the beers. They're excellent. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, we have Scott. another one. Have you got some cat ideas? A stray brew. Oh, yes. What? A stray brew. Oh, great. Get it because there's stray cats. You're the best. That's my favourite so far. Thank you. 
<laughs> Hello, you're live to air. Have you got a cat show idea? I have. What is it? They're in the rye. <gasps> oh, oh, that's the best. Oh my God, you are a champion. Oh, I love that one. Do we have a prize? <laughs> we don't have a prize, do we? But if we did have a prize, there's no prize. Eternal, you know, gratefulness. Oh, that is the, that's brilliant. What's your name, sorry? Dallas. 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 Oh, you got a bright oh, man, future in advertising. <laughs> Thanks, Dallas. Oh, thank you. Do we have another one? I think we've got time for a couple. Yeah, of yeah. Hi, you're uh, live to air. What's your um, cat show idea? Well, I haven't got a cat show idea, but the theme music would be by Cat Arat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> do you fancy um, singing the little notes, a few notes of this not, theme song? Not at this, not at this time of the Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have that to catch her in the ride. Hey. <laughs> One more? Yeah, One more. Yeah, yeah. yeah. G'day there. You're live on air. What's your cat show idea? Feline fumigation. Oh, feline, yeah. Do you know what? That's that's fine. Uh, I feel like the cats are in the rye. <laughs> it's still winning. It's still winning. Thanks, Thanks for your call. Thanks for calling. Uh, we totally need to crowdsource this show. Make it, <laughs> make it, make it happen. <laughs> hey there, what's your cat idea? Yeah, town. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nice. Yeah, that's good. That's Chicago good. cat story? Yeah, meow town. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will quickly tell you about this story um, about the woman trolley. She goes, hi, Telstra. I know people usually complain when their broadband was supposed to be connected five days ago and they may have made some futile, five futile phone calls to you, but I'd like to see the positive side and thank you for giving me a night of off from working on my small business. Uh, anyway, she goes on basically saying, and so she starts film, you know, taking photos of her and a cat. Like, for example, since we can't use our broadband, we've now taken up yoga. And there's a photo of a cat on a yoga mat. Um, and then it gets, after 12 days, uh, you know, she gets all excited. She goes, oh, I heard that we're going to be connected next week. And then there's no, there's a photo of a cat. Anyway, anyway, lots of cat stuff. Let's go back. Let's let's take one more, one more. <laughs> I don't know how you're going to top cats are in the rye, but we'll give it a go. All right. Uh, hi there. What's your cat show idea? Uh, it is catch snaps. Catch snaps. Catch snaps. Like it. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. That's good. Thank you. Thanks for coming. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> hi there. What's your catch show idea? Furball. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's good. Go that's that. good. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> and they're keeping on coming. Yeah. I love it. Should we this just... this oh, show man, has, got, has got to be made. Thank if you're you a listeners. TV executive, give us yeah. a call as well. <laughs> Hi there. What's your cat show idea? Cats versus rats in the vats. <laughs> oh. Um, the vats. Jeff's that's a big fan of that. Like that. Yeah. yeah. You've definitely got your yeah. you Look, you know you're, you're you. getting there. It's a show about cats versus rats in the vats. I'm trying to think of the... the there's a good... Um, you know, opening song for that as well from Catarat. Yeah. Uh, oh no, I'm thinking of the old Domino's Pizza <laughs> song. Like, I've got the, they've got the cats and the rats with the vats, cats and rats and vats. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Come on, one. go to another. Yeah, okay. yeah. Don't end on that. <laughs> What's your cat catch your idea? Yeah, rat a cat flat. <laughs> that sounds that sounds like you want to run over a cat. <laughs> I feel like we're talking I to like a dog it. person. <laughs> Maybe the theme tune could be from Rat Cat. Yes. Yeah. Last one. Hi there. What's your cat show idea? 
Live and let me out. Oh, <laughs> Very good. oh, that's great. That's a great one to end on. Thank, Thank you. you. This has been a podcast from 3RRR 102.7 FM in Melbourne. Truly independent community radio. Want to hear more? Check out our website at rrr.org.au.